0: are wrapping up a series. Uh, We have been in the last six weeks. This is week six in the book of Malachi. We just entitled the series Faithful. If you've been around here for this series, uh, you know, we started off the the book talks a lot about God's faithfulness to his people, but then it's God challenging his people and their faithfulness. How do they respond to God? And I said this at the beginning of the series that Malachi is a lot like the book of James, right? The book of James in the New Testament. It's a little in your face, right? Uh, you know, week two, there was even some dung in the face. So go back and watch week two if you missed that one, all right? Okay, this is a, it's some, there's some good stuff in here, all right? Some challenging stuff. Uh, but it wasn't just feel good because we realized that, you know what? In our modern society, we love to, modern Christianity, we love to talk about the love and the grace of God. Uh, but the fact is, yeah, that's good. God loves us. There is grace. But how we respond to his love and grace matters. Okay. And so that's what this book really has dug into a little bit. And so if you missed last Sunday, I love the big so what from last week, because I think it kind of it encapsulates a lot of this book. It's this, that faithfulness to God affects everything. If you missed last Sunday, what did I say? There is no exemplus When it comes to following Jesus. If you want to be faithful to him. It has to affect every area of our lives. And over this series. We talked about the second week. About the fact that he doesn't want us just going through the motions. In our faith. In week three we talked about our relationships. Faithfulness in our relationships actually matters. Week four we talked about ethics and justice. That faithfulness matters. And last Sunday we talked about even our money. With our money. That matters. Okay. And today we're going to be finishing with a question. That I think is at the heart of God's people in the book of Malachi. Uh, the reason we're going to look at this is because I think this is a question that every single one of us is going to deal with at some point in our life. Many of you have probably already dealt with it. But if you had not I can guarantee you there will be a moment when you deal with this question. And I think that for some of you, at one point in your life, this message will be a lifeline for you. But I also know this, that for some of you who came this morning... This message is a life for you, lifeline for you today, all right? So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, I've said this, if you don't know where it is, look at your table of contents, no no shame in that, okay? Figure out where we're at, Malachi chapter 3, if you don't have a Bible, as always, there's a table at the back of the room, you can borrow a Bible, if you don't own it, that's our gift for you, all right? Would you stand with me? Our tradition around here, nothing sacred about standing. it's just what we do to show our honor to God's word together. Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse number 13, says this. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said, it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test... They get away with it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you still want to speak to our hearts. So, God, we open ourselves up in the busyness of our lives. God, we want to pause for a moment and hear from you. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. All right, this morning we are going to wrestle with one very simple question, okay? One very simple question. The question we're going to ask is simply this. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is following Jesus worth it? Is living for God worth it? Uh, You know, for the majority of our history as a nation, you know, specifically in America here, the majority of our nation, as being a Christian, kind of meant you were somewhat of an insider, right? Right? You're, you know, the most of the flow of humanity, even if people weren't following Jesus with all their heart, it was okay. That was understood. This idea of Christ and Christianity was kind of in the normal flow of our culture, but I don't need to inform you that that's not the case anymore, correct? And, and I wouldn't even say that following Jesus is neutral today. And most of the time, following Jesus is, is in complete conflict with our culture as a whole, with, with the way people think and the way we need to live and what God has called us to, all right? And so I would say we need to ask this question, right? Is it worth it? I don't want to create an us of them mentality of those out there, those poor sinners out there, and us righteous people, because we don't want to be Pharisees. That's not the point. But I think we need to ask the question: is it worth it to follow Jesus? Even if we know that life sometimes is actually gonna be harder following Jesus. Is this worth it? Right? Maybe you've never asked that before. Maybe you've never said it out loud. Maybe you've never really, you know, you haven't voiced it, but it, it's been a subtle thought in your life. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am, and you've never thought about that before. But you, I, I'm not as spiritual as you, because I've thought it before. I've asked the question, is this really worth it, right? And here's what I believe. I believe that given the right set of circumstances here, are the students, given the right temptation, given the right difficulties in life, given the right sickness that you experience— given the right relational conflict, given the right circumstance in your life, I think every single one of us has the potential to ask that question. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Chapter 1, when we look through this book, I think this is a major theme throughout it. Chapter 1, if you remember the title for week 1 message was this, what have you done for me lately, God? What have you done for me lately? Because there's moments, and this is where these people are at, they're like, "What what have you done lately? You say you love us, but what have you done lately to show it, right? They're asking this question. If you remember in chapter 2 of the book, uh, these people are asking, God, where's the justice? Like, where's the justice? These evil people are getting away with junk, right? Where's your justice, God? I don't think it's even worth it following you. And then this question they're asking today is, "This, this seems pointless, God. Like, we're getting nothing for following you. These other people, they're getting the stuff. We're not getting the stuff, God. You know, it's humorous because when you read the book, remember, we've been reading through this whole thing. And over and over, it's clear that they're not really following God. They're not doing what he's asked, right? They're, they're running their own way. But I think it still begs the question for every single one of us. Is it worth it? Is it really worth it? You might be uncomfortable by that question. That's Okay. Think about it, when Jesus came and he, was, he came to the earth, right? Jesus was the cool guy. Everybody wanted to be around Jesus. There's massive crowds following around, mostly because he liked to feed people. So that's pretty great, okay? But, but they, they loved him. They wanted to be around Jesus. And Jesus walked around, and he would call people to himself. And I think this is cool because he would call everybody. He would call people who had different backgrounds, different life experiences, different education, right? Which I think is great because some of you, some of you young people, you come from families who don't have money. They don't have influence. You didn't come from the the right education standing. You don't have those. Guess what? Jesus is calling you. He loves you with everything in him. And some of you, you got all the money, and you've got all the influence. You've got all that stuff. Guess what? Jesus is still calling you. He still loves you. He still cares about you. All right? But this is what Jesus would do. He would walk around and he would call people to himself. And here's the deal. when We know this when you read the stories. He would call people and, and it would be a, 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 it's a challenging call. Like he would say, give up everything, right? And if I was going to tell people to give up everything, I would sell them pretty hard. Like that's how I would respond. I would be like, hey, your life's going to be awesome. Like You're going to make lots of money. Your wife's always going to love you, right? You're going to get the nice house. You're going to get the nice car. Your kids are going to make dinner for you every night. It's going to be your breath is going to smell like roses all the time. Like your life is going to be awesome. This, this thing's annoying me right now. Is that annoying anybody else? Should I turn the TV off or is it going to work? I'm going to just step over here. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Hey. But seriously, if I was trying to convince people to follow me, I would be selling them a lot harder than Jesus did, right? But what did Jesus do? He, he didn't do that. He didn't mince words. He didn't try to convince people of anything. If anything, it's, it felt like Jesus was trying to tell people, eh, I'm not sure you're going to want to do this. Like, he was, he was forcing people to question whether this was the right idea for them. And uh, there's a few passages that I want to look at real quick. If you want to turn to John uh, chapter 15, verse 18, here's a passage. It says this, Jesus talking to his people following him, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind... It hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I've chosen you out of it. You're like, yay, you've chosen me out of it. That's why the world hates you. Oh, not good. <laughs> Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. You're like, uh, I don't know that I want to do this. <laughs> Like, this doesn't sound fun to me always, right? But Jesus goes on. He says this in other ways, right? He, in uh, Luke chapter 14, I'm not going to turn there. Uh, it's a longer passage, but Jesus makes this, uh, this picture. He gives this metaphor. He's like, okay, it's like this. Like, imagine you were going to build a big old building, right? You're going to build a tower. Before you started the tower, what would you do? You'd step back. you think about it. You'd say, okay, do I really want to finish this? Do I have enough resources to finish this? Am I going to do this thing? Like, is this this really worth all the energy, all the effort that it takes to finish it? you got to count the cost a little bit. He said the same thing. He's like, if you're going to go into war, you're going to go into battle against somebody. Do you just go? No, no, no. You stop. You say, what are our odds here? Like, do we have enough people? Is this really what? Can we actually complete what it is we say we're going to do? And Jesus is saying, listen, you want to come follow me? You're going to have to answer the question, is is this thing worth it to you? Is it worth it? You've got to ask the question, right? And if that wasn't hard enough, Jesus isn't kind of keeping you at hand. Like, think about it, folks. Don't just dive in, right? Look at what it says in Luke chapter 9. This is the clearest picture that we have. Jesus says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple, you want to follow me, you want to be with me. You want to follow me, they must deny themselves. It can't be about you. Like, it, it stops being about you. You know those times when you get hurt, and you're like, well, what about me? Yeah, you don't get to say that anymore. You have to lay that thing down. Like, you got to deny yourself. But it goes on. He says, you got to take up your cross. And we know that because we like to wear the nice little gold crosses and the earrings and all that kind of stuff. But we know a cross means death, right? cross doesn't mean pretty things. It means bloody, dead things. That's what cross means. You, you want to follow me, okay, you've got to die. But, see, I'm cool with dying maybe once, But then he adds this word. I don't like this word. Right? Daily. I got to die every day. Because here's the problem. Every morning we wake up and we want to crawl back on the throne of our own heart. Right? Say, I'm in charge. I got this thing again. No, no, no. Every day you have to say, I got to get off the throne again. Right? In those moments when we turn and we start getting on the throne. We got to, okay, God, I'm sorry. I got to get back off the throne again because this is not about me. This is what Jesus says it's like to follow him. Right? You say, Okay. If that's what it's going to be like to follow Jesus, not all the pretty, nice stuff we like to think about. If that's what it's like to follow Jesus, then doesn't it beg the question, is this worth it? Is it worth it to follow Jesus? All of this dying to ourselves, sacrificing our momentary pleasures, right? Serving others to our own detriment. it's Investing financially in the kingdom of God. All this hard stuff, is it really worth it? Now, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've been following for a while, you understand that there is a hope, there is a joy, there is a peace that fills our hearts when we follow Christ. Amen? But how many of you know that doesn't change the fact that it ain't always easy? We all get it. So, is it worth it? Now, we ask the question, is it worth it, a lot in our lives. Every time you go shopping, you ask, is it worth it? You want to buy a house. You want to buy a car. You want to buy a shirt. You want to buy new shoes. You look at the tag and you say, is it worth it, right? How many of you like, emphasis on the word like, how many of you like to grocery shop? Anyone in the room? There's like six of you. That's great. Yeah, I don't like grocery shopping, all right? It's not fun. Okay, and we learned something very early in our marriage that me and Amber, we're not great grocery shoppers together, okay? The closest to our marriage ending was about 10 days after the wedding when we went to the grocery store together for the first time. It was not a pretty sight, okay? So we do this on our own mostly, all right? But there is one place, one, only one, there's one place in this world where I like to grocery shop. Anybody know what it's called? Aldi. Aldi. Anybody like Aldi out there? Whoop, whoop. Aldi, the greatest place to go shopping. Here's why. All right, here's, here's why. Because if you go to any other grocery store, what do you got to do? You walk up, I'd like a bottle of ranch. There's 17 options. And I have to determine, do I want to buy the one that tastes good but it costs more? Or do I want to buy the cruddy one but it's cheap? You know, like I'm forced to make a decision. I don't like that many decisions. You want to like Aldi? You walk in, I need ranch. One option. <laughs> And it's cheap, you know? There's like, I don't have to ask, is it worth it or not? I don't have to ask that question. I just take it off the shelf. And at the end, I'm so happy because it doesn't cost much at Aldi. I love Aldi. If you've never been there, you shouldn't have. Bring a quarter. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But you should go to Aldi, all right? Is it worth it? We ask the question all the time. And here's the deal. Even the people who are close to Jesus ask this question. We got our good, the, the followers, right? They're the ones that are invested. You got Peter. He's walking with Jesus for three years, right? I mean, you know, Jesus is, he's being prosecuted. He's before all the leaders, and, and Peter's just peeking in, watching what's going on. And the little girl comes and says, hey, you're with him. And in that moment, he says, is it worth it? Nah, I don't know that guy. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Three, two other people come. I don't know him, right? He says, nah, it ain't worth it. I don't think it's worth it right now. But it isn't just Peter, it's all the disciples. Because when Jesus dies, where are all the disciples? Hiding. They're all in a room hiding. They're like, I don't think it's worth it. This was maybe a bad idea, right? And then you've got John. John the Baptist. I love John the Baptist. He doesn't give a rip what people think about him, right? I want to be like John the Baptist. He's wearing the hairy stuff. He's eating the gross stuff. He says whatever he wants to, right? He's like an old man. I love old men because old men stop caring what anybody think about them, <laughs> right? My dream is to become an old man, just like, whatever, I don't care anymore. I've earned the right to just say what I want to say. <laughs> right? But this is how John the Baptist is. Right? And, and he's, he's following. He was the first one. You remember? When, when Jesus is walking, he's, and, and he said, look, there he is. There's the lamb who's going to take away the sins of the world. He's the guy. I'm with that. I'm here to point you to that guy. That's what he said. Right? But then what happened? He gets thrown into prison. Eventually, he gets his head cut off. But what happens? He gets some of his disciples... And he sends them to Jesus. Why? Because he's sitting there in prison beginning to question. Is that really the one? Like, like I don't like being in prison right now. Is this? I'm not sure that this is a good idea. I'm not sure this is worth it. And the the disciples go to Jesus and say, hey, hey, John just wants to know, like, are you really the one? Because he's not real sure that this is going well right now, right? Like, even the men, far more spiritual people than you and I ask the question. Is it worth it? So I want to see, what does Malachi say to us? What would he say to this question? If you got your notes, I want you to pull them out with me. We're going to look at two responses that we find in, the, in this back end of the book of Malachi. Question, is it worth it? Response number one is just simply this. Yeah. Just wait. Is it worth it? Yeah. Just wait. Anybody who's ever driven in a car with a child long distance knows the pains of these words right here, right? Like, ah, oh, come on, are we there yet, are we there yet? Yeah, just wait, we'll get there, right? But, but Malachi would say, listen, I know you're experiencing stuff, you need to understand. You, just, you might just have to wait a little bit. Uh, if you want to look with me at, at Malachi 3, uh, verse 16 says this, it's, and Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. So what it says is there's a group of the people who are faithful to God. The faithful ones, they get together. Jump down to verse number 17 because God speaks to this group. He says, On that day when I act, says the Lord, they, this group of people who are faithful to me, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. You want to know, is it worth it? Yeah. Just wait. Hear this. If you are following God, you are on the right side. Oh, it might not always feel like it, Like, it might feel like this is actually hurting me to do the thing Christ has asked me to do. It's challenging my life. It's making things more difficult. You're still on the right side, right? You are serving the right king. Oh, the fullness of his kingdom has not fully come yet. We understand that. He is on the throne, but we still live in this world. But hear this. You are on the right side. It is worth it. You just might have to wait a little bit, okay? It's easy to serve Jesus and say things are awesome when when you're getting your way, right? Like when you got the job, when you got the girl, when you got the car, when you got the house, when everything is going the way you want them to go, it's really easy to say, oh, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. You get to post your picture, hashtag blessed, right? Right, and say, oh yeah, life is good, we're feeling good, right? Everything's going my way, man, I just got the favor, I just got the favor of God in my life right now, you know? Just a you maybe said that before, right? I feel like like I'm right in the center of God's will right now because things are just cooking for me, right? We say those things, okay? I need you to listen to me just for a second. Hear this. That Jesus was in the center of God's will when he hung lifeless on a cross. And so if the, the basis of our joy is that things go the way we want them to... Then we're gonna be in trouble. All right? Following Christ does not mean everything's gonna go the way you want it to do. Right? Is it worth it? It better not be based on circumstances. It, might, it better not be based on our current situation, because you're in trouble, right? Because some of you, you know what I'm saying. You come in the room this morning, you're tired, you're discouraged, you're worn out. You're asking the question, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Like, why do I come on Sundays? Like, I'm, I'm feeling tired of this, God. I don't get this. I'm serving you, but nothing is getting any better in my life, right? If you came for him to be your genie, you've got a misunderstanding of who God is. He didn't just come to grant your three wishes. He came to be Lord. And listen, it's worth it. But sometimes you, ju- you might have to wait a little bit. Jesus talked about this. He said, listen, there's going to be a day where there's a separating between the sheep and the goats. Listen, you follow me? You're on the right side. Trust me, you are. You just might not see it right now. Paul talked about it this way in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. This is one of the greatest verses you need to hold on to when you go through tough circumstances. Galatians says this, let us not become weary in doing good. Following, the context of this is following him, living righteously in our world. For at the proper time, we will, it's a guarantee, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And sometimes we want to give up. In the face of pain, we want to give up. Teenagers, teenagers, in the face of temptation, there are times when you want to give up. You want to say, I'm not sure that following Jesus is worth it right now because my popularity is on the line. That relationship is on the line. That girl liking me, that boy liking me is on the line, right? Hear this. Don't grow weary. In due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up, right? Is it worth it? Yeah. You just might have to wait a little bit, all right? The second response Is this. Is it worth it? Yeah. He's worth it. Is it worth it? Yeah, he's he's worth it. He's that good. You know, we question it because we don't understand it because we base it on our circumstances, right? We're so good at doing that. He's that good. I only think it's only really worth it... If it's only good news, if God is actually good. Remember back in the fall, we talked about this? We said the the goodest good of the gospel is God Himself. The gospel isn't good news if God isn't good. Because what's the point of getting brought onto His side, into His team, if He's not actually a good God? Some of you are familiar with the story uh, from, there was a movie Unbroken, the story of Louis Zamperini. How many of you ever heard that story? You're, You're kind of vaguely familiar with that. You understand this story. Right? He's, he's uh, at sea. He's shipwrecked for like 49 days or whatever. You know, just clinging to life, hoping that he'll get rescued. And then he gets, he finds land. Yay! Except it's on Japanese territory. And then he goes into a prison camp, right? So he's rescued. He feels, but he got rescued by the wrong side. <laughs> like, that's not good news, Right? And and just saying we're on God's side doesn't mean anything if he's not a good God. But Malachi wants to say, listen, this is a good guy. One of the most beautiful pictures that we get is in Malachi chapter 4. Turn to verse number 2. He's comparing, okay, there's those people that are doomed for destruction. But what does he say in verse 2? He said, but for you, you who revere my name, you you who are faithful, you who have served me, you have given your lives to me, you have followed me. What does he say? The son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. The son of righteousness, the hope, the joy of the world, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're enduring, no what you're going through right now, the son of righteousness is there to meet you right where you are, with healing in his rays. It's like the picture that we see in Revelation. He's going to wipe every tear from your eye. No matter what you've endured, Those who have been persecuted, those who have given their very lives, got brought before the throne saying, I'm here. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. There's no more darkness. I am that good of a God. You are being brought into a hope, not brought into a death. You are brought into my life that is eternal, Zoe, for you, right? Is it worth it? Yeah. He's worth it. He's that good, all right? No matter what your faith is is no bigger than who He is. I think about the life that we have in Jesus, that we have this God in heaven who is our rock when we are facing the circumstances we don't know what to do with, right? He is our rock. He sticks closer to us than a brother. He is our peace in the midst of our storms. He comforts us in brokenness. He gives us a hope when we can't stink and see it. You know what I'm saying? Those times where you're like, I don't see it, God. He can breathe a hope into our lives in those circumstances. He is faithful. He is faithful even when we aren't. Even when we fail, he is faithful to us, right? Hebrews talks about, and he says that the, the purest picture that we get of God is in the face of Christ. You want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus. And what do we see in Jesus? Jesus. We see the selfless, self-giving, self-sacrificing Jesus who so desperately desired to redeem us that he condemned himself. He took our punishment so that we could receive his reward. Right? He gave up his life so that we could have We ask the question, like, is this worth it? I would say absolutely. He's worth it. He's that good. He desires to be with you. He created you to know him. And we were created to enjoy him. So I want to close with our, our big so what this morning. We always ask the question, all right, so what? What's the point of this thing? Why did we talk? Why did Greg ramble so long? Here's the big so what for this morning. He said, our faith is grounded in hope. Our faith is grounded in hope. And I would even say our faithfulness is grounded in hope. It's grounded in a hope in what our destiny is, right? There is a hope for where we are headed as followers of Christ. uh, Paul wrote this way. "We We don't mourn like people who don't have hope, right? We have a hope that is available to us but more than that it's a hope in who our God is there is hope in who our God is we are not like those who just simply follow a ritual follow a religious system citizen, uh, system and we hope that we that he's okay with it like I hope I did good enough for him no our hope is in his character that even though when we fail he said I will do what you can't do for yourself there is a hope for us Our faith is grounded in that hope. Jesus never said it was going to be easy to follow him. He said the opposite. He said it's going to be hard sometimes. You're going to want to give up. And some of us, we don't give up because you showed up today. You don't give up. You, You still keep coming, but you're not really living for him. You're not pursuing him because you're like, I don't know if it's really worth it. I'm just gonna kind of do the bare minimum here. I'll just keep showing up to church and maybe that'll be good enough. Say, listen, we don't earn our salvation. God has said, I will be faithful to you, but that's gonna require something in your response. Are you gonna just show up to a building once a week or are you going to give your life to me? I don't know where you're at. Some of you are maybe on fire. You're loving Jesus with everything you've got. Maybe some of you are those who are discouraged. You're tired. You want to give up. I think God is just calling to you. He's speaking to you. He wants to remind you of the hope. Remind you, yes, it's worth it, right? I'm going to read just a couple verses here. In 1 Peter, 1 Peter's written to a group of believers very similar to Malachi. They're struggling, they're going through tough stuff. They don't know if they can hold on any longer. And I love what gets spoken here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He opens this way to encourage them. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Listen, I got something for you, and it ain't going away. You don't have to be concerned. I'm not sure if it's still going to be there when I get there. This is a long time. I have to wait. No, listen, it ain't going away, folks. It is for you. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen, this inheritance is is kept for you, and you need to know this. God's power is protecting you. You've got the God of all creation guarding you, protecting you. You don't have to say, I feel like I'm on my own. You may feel that way, but that is not the truth. The truth is the God of all creation is holding you intimately, tightly, firmly, and you can be confident in who he is. He is there for you, all right? In all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have to suffer griefs of all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. We ask the question, is it worth it? Yeah, just wait. Yeah, he's worth it. And I don't think there is a clearer picture of the beauty of our God than the cross of Christ. We look at the cross and we recognize this God of all creation, this God of all power and all authority would lower himself to the earth to be intimate in relationship with people, and to actually take the pain and the torture of a Roman crucifixion so that you and I could receive hope and salvation.